BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. French wrote a heck of an interesting column over the weekend about the God gap. The most important religious divide isn't between right and left, but between the left and left. And the God gap helped to explain a seismic shift in American politics. I think he does a great job of explaining what he's talking about. So let me read part of it to you. Uh, there's talk about uh, there's talk of realignment in the air. Think back to 2012. You might remember Barack Obama talking about the Coalition of the Ascendant. This was the Obama Coalition, a collection of America's growing demographics, from non-white voters to single women. The Romney voters, by contrast, were fading. White, Christian, married. They were demographic losers in a population that was becoming more diverse and more secular. Democratic dominance was inevitable. And then... Uh, we'll skip ahead. He talks about Trump and Clinton and blah, 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 blah. But 2020 told a different tale. The Democrats got whiter. The Republicans got more diverse. And now all the assumptions are scrambled. Donald Trump lost the popular vote by a wider margin than he did in 2016. But he ma- did materially better with Hispanic voters, Asian voters, and black voters. Trump did better than Romney with non-white voters. And he improved on that showing in, in 2016. Then he improved on it in 2020. And the trend continues. Last week, Axios's Josh Krauschauer, which we discussed, described an ongoing seismic shift in the two parties' coalitions. 
A New York Times Siena College poll, Democrats now have a bigger advantage with white college graduates than they do with non-white voters. Democratic Party's losses with Hispanics are remar- remarkable. Obama won 71% in 2012. 71. Biden won 65%, and now it's 50-50. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And moreover, there are good reasons to believe Hispanic voters will continue to migrate to the GOP. As Roy Teixeira described this week in Substack, comprehensive issue polling from Echelon Insights demonstrates that strong progressives have substantially different political and cultural views from Hispanics. This is something we've been talking about for ages. Yeah. It's it's amazing to me that everybody's just catching on to this, but I think it was inevitable. Yeah. So listen to some of these examples, and I've got some stats that are going to blow your mind. Hispanic voters are are far more likely to believe that America is the greatest country in the world. Yeah, I love hearing that. Whoa, 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 wait a minute now. Hispanics? I thought they thought this was a racist country because some people want to have a coherent border policy. No, not at all. They're more likely, substantially more likely, than your woke college graduate white people to believe that America is the greatest country in the world. That How about that? So, so the striving up-and-comers believe it. The fat, happy intellectual class doesn't. That's, that, that is just fascinating. Hispanics are far less likely to support defunding the police. Far less likely to believe that, quote, racism is built in our society. Far less likely to believe that as people of slightly darker hue than perhaps a pasty Irishman like myself. Far less likely to believe that transgender athletes should play on sports teams that match their current gender identity. And in most cases, the polling gap is immense, according to David French. Now, what accounts for the differences in belief and values? I'm not sure this is the entire, entire uh, explanation, um, because there's never one thing that causes anything. It's always a mix of things. But the Democratic Party has a huge God gap, and that God gap is driving a wedge between its white and non-white voters. And he goes into a Pew Research Center survey on American religious beliefs with a picture that's worth a, worth a thousand words. <clears throat> now, this is radio, so this will depend on my skills as an orator yeah, to bef- paint the picture for you. Before you hit us with that, just the I've always wondered about this. Why um, white Christians are clearly just dumb, backwards people, but... You know, all your black leaders are ministers at churches and uh, reverends of some sort, and that mm-hmm. you know is just given, a, you know, it's seen as perfectly normal. White Christians are dumb and backwards and bigoted, and superstitious, and right. small-minded, and just all kinds of wrong. But uh, your black churchgoers, it's like I don't know, colorful and culturally cool, or something like that. Oh, yeah, and Hillary will go and say, I ain't in no ways tired, and pander to them in those very churches. And then, obviously, the the uh, Hispanic crowd is way more into uh, Catholicism than uh, most of your elite college crowd who want to no, call certainly. them Latinx. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So here's the uh, the picture that's worth a thousand words. It's a graph of a dark blue line. That, that is, indicates believe in God as described in the Bible. 
I mean, how patronizing is that? I keep interrupting your your big point. No, go ahead. How patronizing Please. is Gets that? Gets us closer though? to the end of the show. <laughs> Speak your piece. How, how incredibly patronizing is that to to as the white educated liberals to go with? Uh, well, yeah, the the brown people and the black people are religious, but I'm you know they they don't know better, and it's kind of right. a you know kind of a cute thing that they they still believe in that stuff, and so we'll and do that we'll best. pretend to be down with it, encourage them, you know. Yeah, it's fine. God, yeah, just, uh, clap in your hands along on the wrong beats really really awful right right yeah it is and, and i appreciate you calling them on that i've thought that for a long time the condescension toward black america from the left is just incredibly insulting but anyway so back to the graph the picture that's worth a thousand words the darker blue line on these line graphs is believe in god is described in the bible the bible thank that's you right, Mr. Sir. president that's the that's the Bible I meant. The Bible, right. White Republicans believe in God is described in the Bible. It's a big old line, 72%. Non-white Republicans, it's 60%, just about as big. Non-white Democrats, 61%. So right up there with the white and non-white Republicans. White Democrats, 32%. Ooh. So Almost exactly half of the lowest number among white Republicans, non-white Republicans, and non-white Democrats. White well, Democrats are godless. Boy, and that 32%, they got to be dying off every day. That's got to be all the older end. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, now, I will, in you know, for the purpose of fairness, the number of white Democrats who believe in some other higher power or spiritual force... Just something or other stretches that number significantly. But that's kind of your more wishy-washy generalized belief in God. Um, and the don't believe in God or a higher power at all crowd, it's 5% of white Republicans, 5% of non-white Republicans, 5% of non-white Democrats. Again, great uh, deal of agreement. And 21% of white Democrats. Quadruple. All of the other numbers. That's that's a stark difference. And does anybody who's ever <clears throat> not only like claimed a religion, but attempted to know it, love it, and live by it, your religious sense, or I'll be generous and say your spiritual sense, your idea of what how we are called to live our lives. That will manifest, manifest itself in many, many different ways and many different policy uh, areas, too. So it's not, and in, in, uh, if this is obvious to you, I apologize, but it's not merely that, hey, you believe in God? I believe in God. Hey, high five. Uh, no, it's that we see the world in substantially a similar way. And white Democrats are a striking outlier to that worldview. Um, and so now is the time that that's finally going to become a problem for that coalition, huh? Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's all, if it were merely a, I'm a Cubs fan and you don't care thing, uh, to cite a kind of probably weak metaphor from my youth, as opposed to I'm a Cubs fan, you're a Sox fan. It's, it's more than, oh, I, I don't really believe that. It's, it's aggressive disdain. 
Sure. As David French writes, and as you pointed out, we'd be foolish to believe that religious differences this immense would not eventually manifest themselves in different political values. Ever since I first set foot on Harvard Law School's campus more than 30 years ago, I've seen with my own eyes how utterly scornful many powerful white progressives are toward traditional Christianity. Yet in scorning traditional orthodox, uh, orthodox religious beliefs, secular progressives are often scorning indispensable members of their own coalition. Uh, writing in the response to the flare-ups over Chick-fil-A, Yale Law Professor Stephen Carter said four years ago, Overall, people of color are more likely than whites to be Christians, and pretty devout Christians at that. Some 83% of all black Americans are absolutely certain that God exists. No other group comes close to this figure. Interesting. Uh, then he, he goes into some detail on that, attending services, read the Bible regularly. They are also, here's the kicker, most likely to believe that their faith is the place to look for answers to questions about what is right and wrong. And they are, by large margins, the most likely to believe that the Bible is the literally inerrant word of God. In short, if you find Christian traditionalism creepy, it's black people you're talking about. Interesting. They've hidden that and, pretty and, well. Yeah, and the tie-in with Hispanics is not quite as strong, but it's very, very strong. So both parties are at a crossroads, he says. The future is not yet written. There's time for secular progressives to understand that Christians, especially black Christians, are an indispensable element of their coalition. At least, at the very least, secular Americans should demonstrate respect and real tolerance for traditional religious beliefs. I would ask you, friends... Tolerance and respect for people who believe differently than you or vicious online cancellation and doxing and trying to get you fired and forcing you to go into indoctrination meetings called anti-racism and trying to indoctrinate your children and calling you a racist if you dare squeak your disapproval, uh, which seems more familiar among the uh, woke left white progressive crowd. I rest my case. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gas is now past $5 a gallon. Officially nationwide average price is over $5 a gallon. Woohoo! Way to go, America! Just because this is one of my hobby horses. Adjusting for inflation matters, so we're still short of the all-time high gas uh, earlier in the 2000s at 540 adjusted for inflation. But it doesn't make it any better filling up your tank, no doubt about it. But we yeah, lived I remember through those that. days. We lived I through remember that. those. The, the point would be we didn't all die, right? There weren't stacks of dead bodies, and we all lost our jobs, and we all failed to uh, uh, procreate. All right, but I remember it because uh, all the RV dealers shut down and were, like, giving away their RVs because mm. nobody would ever take an RV again because gas was so expensive. And I said to my wife, I said, gas prices are going to drop again, and these RVs are going to be worth every bit as much as they were. We ought to spend all our money and buy a bunch of RVs and store them. When the prices bounce back, we'll get rich. And she said no. <laughs> we shouldn't do that. Let's just save it and invest it. <laughs> Damn it! Another get-rich-quick scheme of yours. That would have been fantastic. Wet blanket. Uh, mailbag. Hey! Here's a note from Christy, who, uh, heard my lament that men can't wear yoga pants. She sent along an Instagram video of a guy wearing yoga pants with a fanny pack on, but his pack was not over his fanny. His pack was over his package. So it was kind of yoga pants with... 
I don't want you looking at my junk. So here's a kind of a screen, a privacy screen for your privates. I'll be darned. Thank you for that fashion suggestion. Uh, I forgot to put these in order, so they'll just, I'll just we'll just be leaping about. Uh, Robert says, how did uh, Willard Scott lose 30, 45 pounds in two months? He's on the can't afford snacks diet. Yeah, because the inflation. Oh, yeah. My kids, uh, so, or my son, my oldest son and his buddy went to the grocery store to buy a pack of gum yesterday. That's the sort of thing they do for fun. And it was $4. Like, I gave him some money to get uh, a, a soda or something like that. And they... A pack of gum was $4. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the heck? Yes. I buy gum? What, yes. the, what are you talking yes. about? Yes, the pack of gum they wanted was 4 bucks. And they said this used to be like a dollar and a half. <laughs> wow, what sort man. of crazy gum were they buying? I don't know. I don't chew gum, so I don't know anything about gum. Mm, another, one of, another one of your don'ts and nevers. Uh, mm. Somebody needs to add that to the list, which is growing. Anyway, uh, Alice writes... Guys, the primary election stats from Monday. Any chance I could get the source for Jack's claim that 83% of congressmen, congresspeople, are elected by 10% of the voters? My husband and his boss don't believe it. Okay, I will try to dig that up. I know exactly where I heard it, and I will try to dig that up. But that is uh, right. 83% of the House is elected by 10% of the voters because of the fact that most districts are safe. They're going to be a Democrat or Republican. It's just a matter of who. So it's all about the primary. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the often primary the primary turnout, is, is is practically unopposed. Yeah, the in prim- a lot of cases. Sure, and the primary turnout is very very low, so you end up with ten percent of voters choosing eighty three percent of our Congress people. Yeah, we'll see if we can come up with that and post it at armstrongandgetty.com. dot com. It uh, makes sense to me because I know something about uh, voter turnout, particularly in primaries. Uh, so I prefer to pronounce it. Uh, oh, Jerry writes, uh, Joe, please remind us of your saying regarding compassion without order. Uh, you know, it's uh, good you bring that up. Uh, there's an article out in the Atlantic, gotten a lot of attention from a liberal uh, lesbian gal in San Francisco uh, entitled, what's the title of this? Uh, How San Francisco became a failed city. Uh, and it's absolutely terrific, and it's sober and clear-eyed, and it's it's terrific. We'll share that with you. But my my saying is that order without compassion is brutality, but compassion without order is chaos. And on quite a number of cities, uh, on really all over the country, but primarily on the West Coast, have experimented with compassion without order, and what they have gotten is is chaos. Uh, what's worse, poop smooth, it's, uh, smeared chaos. Uh, so thank you, Jerry. Uh, da, 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 da. Joe in Stockton writes, make it not a gun law. Raising the legal age to buy a rifle will surely be challenged on Second Amendment grounds. Uh, it's a constitutional right, etc. I've commented previously on the absurdity that a 17-year-old the day before his birthday is a child with limited rights and liabilities. 24 hours later, he's a responsible adult fully. Uh, I favor a system of staggered ages of maturity for different aspects of life, but let's keep it simple. Make 21 the national legal age of adulthood for drinking, voting, renting a car, buying a firearm, signing a loan application, signing a lease, whatever. I'm pretty sure you could get me on board with that. Somebody would have to point out the downside to me. Yeah, I'd like to uh, noodle it through, but it's an interesting suggestion. Well, the voting Uh, age was 21 until what? Early 70s? Got changed mostly because you had people getting drafted to go fight in a war weren't allowed to vote. I can understand the problem with that. Armstrong and Getty. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Does the Prime Minister think there are any circumstances in which he should resign? (laughs) Mr. Speaker, I clearly, if the... Uh, if there were circumstances in which I felt it was uh, impossible for the government to go on and discharge uh, the mandate uh, that we've been given, uh, or if I felt, for instance, that we were being frustrated in our desire to support the Ukrainian people, uh, or, or over some major point, uh, then I would. But, but frankly, Mr. Speaker, the job of a Prime Minister in difficult circumstances when he's been handed a colossal mandate is to keep going, and that's what I'm going to do. So that's Boris Johnson. He looks like he may be on his way out. He's the Prime Minister of Great Britain, if you don't know that. Trying to salvage yesterday and getting heckled and whatever. I've got to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work a, a theme here. I'm trying to fit mm. this all together, and I think I can. So um, Henry Kissinger's got a new book out. If you're old enough, you remember the name. If you're uh, not, he's 99 years old. He was the second. he has a new book out? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard him interviewed. He doesn't seem to have lost anything mentally at age 99 which is yeah i'd say so and you know he's a pretty deep thinking guy his whole life anyway he was a secretary of state 
and uh, national security advisor, I guess, with uh, with with Nixon. He's the oldest living cabinet member at 99. You're the oldest living. Lots of things. Anyway, he's got a new book out about world leaders. And uh, he was interviewed by the USA Today and asked if he sees any transcendent leaders during these times, these troubled times in the world. And he said no. And it's painful. Uh, in fairness to the current leaders, they I'm talking about Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, Macron, any of these people. In fairness to the current leaders, they haven't quite had the occasion yet either. But he went on to say, you could argue, and I would argue, that great leaders make the occasion, which is a pretty good point. But he basically just says our world needs better leaders right now. We're going through a tough time and we need better leaders. I would say that we have had some small figures on the world stage uh, recently. Let me read a little more here. I thought it was interesting because he was um, he was appointed to the White House in 1969, only a couple of years before Joe Biden became a U.S. senator. So that's Ooh. the age group we're dealing with here. Wow, we need younger leaders. I don't know about better. But but we have asked lots of people, our old news guy, Marshall Phillips. Uh, in, anytime we talk to somebody older, I always like to ask, you know, where, where does this time fit in with uh, the 60s? Because the 60s, I, I was too young to really, you know, really be fully immersed in what was going on in 68. But uh, from what I read of it, pretty tumultuous time. Lots of people getting assassinated, bombings every day, Vietnam War, et cetera, et cetera. Cities burned. Henry Kissinger not only lived through it, but he was a part of the decision-making at the time. Uh, he's talking about the Vietnam War and John F. Kennedy and the uh, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and all these different things that happened in the, the 60s. Kissinger sees parallels to the international challenges of that time and this one. Once again, it is a tale first of exuberant confidence generating overextension and then of overextension giving birth to debilitating self-doubt. Once again, in almost every region of the world, the United States confronts major interlocking interlocking challenges to both its strategies and its values that has led to renewed potential for catastrophic confrontation. The present age is unmoored, which is a scary thought from a man who's considered to be one of the great thinkers in geopolitical uh, thinking for, you know, over many, many decades that we uh, there's potential for catastrophic confrontation. And obviously that is true. The challenges now are a little bit worse than it was then, which I think is interesting. He's not wow. going with, uh, yeah, I think this was bad. You should have lived through the 60s. No, he's saying it's worse now than it was then because then our critics were part of the same system. What is happening now is the debate is about the worthiness of America, whether America and what kind of America is worth it to conduct policy. That makes the dialogue even harder than it was then in terms of our internal debate. That's uh-huh. right. You didn't have a split of, is America even a good country? Would the world be better off without it? That conversation was not really happening on a large level um, back then. I found that pretty interesting. So you got a guy who knows a lot about it saying this is a, a, a more difficult time now than then. And uh, Unmoored is not a good expression during troubled times. You like to be moored. No, it's not. And that might be the reason for these uh, poll numbers that came out over the weekend. So Gallup had their most recent survey. We have record low numbers for the president, for the Supreme Court, and for Congress. Lowest numbers of confidence in these institutions we've ever had. Uh, The Supreme Court has dropped 15 points. The presidency, 11 points. Congress always was sucky, but has gone down also. The confidence in Congress is at 7%. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's shocking. 
the presidency and the Supreme Court in the 20s, which is not good either. True international to pressure. Uh, and as Joe and I always point out, different people have different reasons for not having confidence in these institutions. You know, there'd be a big chunk of people that say the Supreme Court is not conservative enough. Big chunk that would say it's, you know, like the president said, some sort of extremist conservative Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera. And then right track, wrong track, also a new record. The Monmouth Poll, which is a respected polling organization, is out. 10% of Americans say the country is headed in the right direction. 88% think it's on the wrong track. That is a record low for the poll. Wow. 80, so nearly 9 out of 10 Americans believe we're on the wrong track as a country, and our three branches of government are all are at all-time lows in terms of our belief in them. And what do you say the approval rating is for Congress? 7%. You 7%. What would it take for you to say Congress isn't doing such a good job? What are your standards exactly? Would they have to be running a dogfighting ring or something? I mean, I just, what do you, what, what, what do you picture Congress being like and they're meeting your expectations? Uh, if they were openly agents for the Chinese communists, would that be enough? I mean, they don't legislate. They don't solve any problems. They just run around trying to get more Instagram followers. They're liars and hypocrites. They're, they just fundraise. That's all they do. Yeah. Um, but this, that's, that's a troubled situation for the country and for the world. And one of the reasons it's troubling that, that the world is troubled is that the dominant force on the planet is so troubled. Uh, the, the world has got to be more ordered when the United States is more powerful and got its act together. But yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, well, I, th- I think that all fits together for a pretty interesting stew of the situation we're currently in. These are the spicy times indeed. Yes. Well, speaking of a stew of discontent, we've made reference to these numbers a couple of times, so I went ahead and grabbed them. Uh, Steve from Eugene, Oregon uh, wrote, when you identify Oregon as a hotbed of leftism, make sure you're pointing almost 100% to Portland, not the rest of the state. Although he says in Eugene, we have our own little hotbed here as well. Uh, so, you know, fair enough. Much like other vast blue states, Washington, California, uh, geographically speaking, most of the state is red, but, you know, in the densely populated blue blue areas is enough to turn the state quote-unquote blue but anyway beautiful uh tree-lined oregon in portland hotbed of liberalism snurdly just eight percent of residents think the city is on the right track eight percent uh east of the cascade mountains nine counties are so fed up with the democratic control of the state they voted to leave the state to join idaho they've actually done it they can't do it probably because of the state constitution, I'm guessing, but they've already voted for it. Uh, They've had only Democrats serving as Oregon's governor since 1987. Uh, But the party is in so much trouble in this mid-year's midterm elections that even Deep Blue Oregon is suddenly competitive. Again, we mentioned yesterday that the current Governor Brown has the lowest approval rating of any governor in the country. Yep, correct. Uh, And she's a good dyed-in-the-wool progressive, who I assumed had the support of Portlandians. But even the New York Times is acknowledging that Portland, like many other cities in the U.S., yeah, well, especially Portland, has seen a rise in homelessness and violent crime. Visiting the city's downtown in recent years has been an exercise in navigating its sprawling homeless encampments, an issue that polling shows is top of the mind for the state's voters. Homicides jumped to at least 90 last year from 36 in 2019, 
And Kate Brown, a Democrat, in her final term as America's least popular governor, according to Morning uh, Consult polling, Biden's approval rating is 15 points underwater, despite his having won the state by 16 points. Wow. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. I busted my neck. (laughs) That was back in his young, coherent days. Trying to find that actual number of approval rating for uh, Kate Brown. That's nah, too bit too much. Data that here. Portland number is really interesting because you know, like most of Portland is left. It's run by a left government. For them to have a seven percent right track number or whatever you said it was, that's that's astounding. Oh yeah, yeah, it's eight percent for the city. Um, I, you know, my hope is, my thought is that the. Uh, I'm going to be charitable. I'm going to try to be more charitable going forward. The well-meaning policies of progressive types who thought their stuff would work have proved utterly ineffective at dealing with the challenges of the cities. I mean, uh, counterproductive at best. Um, and and I think more and more people are are waking up to it. And I would say to my progressive friends, um. Uh, or I've been wrong myself before, and and the honorable thing to do is admit it and and say that didn't work the way I claim that's not what you meant. Deny having ever said it in exactly. spite of videotape, uh, <laughs> clearly proving you did. You know, Kate Brown is underwater by about thirteen points, which is not that bad. I thought it was going to be worse, according to the morning consult poll. Uh, but she has 41% approval rating. I was surprised to see Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, who I think is just an awful would-be dictator, uh, has got 50% approval rating. It's 50-46, so it's close. Most popular governors in the land, Jack? Curious? Sure. I hope so, because I'm about to tell you. Uh, Charlie Baker, who's a Republican in blue-blue Massachusetts, has enormous approval ratings. 74% approval. Hmm? Phil Scott, Republican in Vermont. 72%. Larry Hogan, Republican in Blue Blue Maryland, 71%. Jim Justice, and this is a morning consult poll. This is not a, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis poll or something like that. Uh, Jim Justice, Republican in West Virginia, next. Asa Hutchinson, Republican in Arkansas, next. Chris Sununu, Republican in New Hampshire. Spencer Cox, Republican in Utah. Kay Ivey, Republican in Alabama. Mark Gordon, Republican in Wyoming. Doug Bergram, Republican in North Dakota. Mike DeWine, Republican in Ohio. Finally, Andy Bashir, who's a Democrat in charge of Kentucky, has 59% approval rating. Ron DeSantis, where is he? Oh, there he is in Florida. Uh, 56% approval rating, but only 38 disapproval. So he's 18% to the positive. That's pretty strong. And that's you can a, mount a run for the, the big house and, that, from there. And that's a state that's, you know, as we all know, 50-50 R&D. So to be above 50% is, uh, is, is something. Um, uh, that, that's interesting. That's all interesting. Starting yeah. with my Henry Kissinger saying the world is more trouble than it was in the 60s which I've been asking that question for a long time. I'll, I'll take his answer as pretty authoritative. And, uh, yeah, and then the, the, all the all those record low numbers for people's attitudes about our own country. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, we used to occasionally do a feature ad on the show that I think we called uh, Colorful Hick Theater, in which some uh, rural American would be caught up in a news story, perhaps be the news story, and uh, bring you their their colorful hicky quotes. Uh, I guess that's what we're doing here. Do we have theme music for this, Michael? Welcome to Armstrong and Getty's Colorful Hick Theater. This morning, featuring one James Nix of, where's he from? Do we know? Coon Holler. Somewhere hickish. Let's roll the report. Clip number 11. Nick says the rooster followed him and attacked him. His neck flares up, and he's doing his thing, and he's trying to jump up at me. He was trying to get the animal away. And I tried to hit it, but the chicken's jumping up at me, and I accidentally knocked it in the head. You know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. But when Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. And in late June, James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. Really? Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. While the neighbors continue the fight, Nix says he never should have been arrested. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's right. <laughs> How many million chickens are slain every day in America? I'll look that up. Because that's pretty silly called the chicken police. It's Jacksonville, Florida, by the way, is where this oh, is going on. So JSO is probably Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. 
And then when I killed a chicken. Chicken. <laughs> I love the way chicken. Chicken. What's what's clip twelve? That's that's new, isn't it? Is that more? I didn't know to give it a twenty-one gun salute. CPR, mouth to mouth, you know, or call the chicken ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, wow, that's a tough one. Now I, I he went I haven't to talked jail. To the cops. I, 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 originally, I thought the story was okay. The guy who owned the rooster was unhappy, and I don't know why you're unhappy. Get a different rooster. Who freaking cares? Um, but the guy actually who killed the rooster actually went to jail. By the way, there are 24 million chickens slaughtered every day in America. 24 million a day. Barbaric. And this guy Everybody. went to jail for shooting a rooster? Wow. Well, no, he, he whacked it over the noggin oh, yeah. with a stick. I, I with shot, a stick. Lucky shot. I don't know. I killed a chicken. Chicken. <laughs> I got that confused with my story. I shot a rooster who attacked my son in the same way, and I went out in the barn and shot it with a shotgun. Well, uh, so is, maybe somebody's lying. I haven't talked to the cops in this uh, deal, which I'm sure they're just delighted to be spending their time on this quote-unquote crime. Maybe the guy's just a liar, and he was mad at the other dude and, and murdered his chicken, but... I mean, if the facts are at all as the overly serious reporterette was framing them, that this guy got attacked by an aggressive rooster, because right. that happens. Sure. Well, then, I'm bashing its skull in. It's a little chicken head. My dad would call it a nervous rooster. You don't want a nervous rooster. Hmm. Um, uh, cause they will, uh, they'll attack you. I feel like I need to hear that first clip again where the guy describes, uh, how it all went down. I thought that was pretty good. Nick says the rooster followed him and attacked him. His neck flares up, and he's doing his thing, and he's trying to jump up at me. He was trying to get the animal away. And I tried to hit it, but the chicken's jumping up at me, and I accidentally knocked it in the head. You know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. But when Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. And in late June, James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. While the neighbors continue the fight, Nick says he never should have been arrested. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's a travesty of justice right there. If your dog attacks me and I kick it and it dies, I didn't do anything wrong. And if your rooster attacks me and I hit it and it dies, I didn't do anything wrong. So this guy picks off a chicken, he goes to jail. If you're in San Francisco or L.A., you don't go to jail for armed robbery, hardly. Right. There's something missing from this story. There's got to be. Well, I think our colorful hick may be covering up the real facts. Well, who's the weak act that calls the sheriff's department and his rooster gets clocked? Well, now, wait a minute. You're, you're making an assumption that the young Mr. DeFelice, whose uh, pet rooster was the, uh, the decedent, um, he thinks it wasn't self-defense. I'm thinking James Nix is actually a vicious and vengeful, non-colorful hick and, and had some sort of personal beef with, with Jason and decided to murder his chicken. Yeah. Well, then you owe me $8 is the end of this story or whatever a freaking rooster is worth, which ain't much. Wow, listen to you, trying to cover up your, con- really trying to assuage your own conscience for your crimes of the past. And I, I, not wanting to talk about when my dogs on four separate occasions murdered chickens, leading to the divorce with one of them. Mm. One of the dogs went to live in a field somewhere? Well, no, no, he went to, to with a different owner who needed a watchdog. 
who wanted a, a murderous a, dog who killed a chickens. A suburban chicken murdering dog. Killed all the chickens. Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> chicken. Oh, easy. National Fried Chicken Day. Number one fried chicken retailer in America is the fabulous Chick-fil-A. Oh, no, nobody eats there, according to the woke people. Everybody loves it. Go yeah. there. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.